to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. I can't wait to introduce you to today's guest. But before we do, I want to highlight one of our sponsors for today's show. Before you skip through, know that the support of our sponsors help me with some of the costs associated with bringing you the podcast because they believe in the power of female leadership. A shout out to Class Intercom. You've heard me mention them before and my heart still beats for them, not only because they make social media management so easy for schools, seriously, so easy, but also because they are giving students voice to help tell their school story. Check them out at classintercom.com. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest, Melinda Stone. She's the principal of James E. Taylor High School in Katy, Texas. And today we're chatting about the value of differentiating learning for the staff in her building. Welcome to the show, Melinda. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on here. I have to tell you, it's not too often that we get on the show a district principal of the year, a university professor, and a member of a rock band. <laughs> yeah, that's a, probably a unicorn. I'd like to meet some other people that fit that mold. It's, a, it's very unique, but it just kind of stems from, I truly believe that I can have it all, really. I have a family, have, you know, still play music, still be a principal and a working mom and try to coach people to be in this business, you know, as much as I can, because it's a great business. It's hard, but it's good. And so, yeah, I feel like I can do it all. And sometimes to my detriment, I do extend myself a little bit too much, but I know that I am doing what I want to do. Life's too short to not do what you want to do. And so that's how I approach it. I love that attitude. Which part of the band are you? So I am one of the lead singers and I play the acoustic guitar. So there's uh, five members. Actually, there's a lot of times eight because sometimes we have horns with us. And so we play pretty much anything. Our band's called Runaway Radio. And it's just that we can play rock or rap or country or anything from all the different genres. And we just have a lot of fun with it. And we're a little older than, say, most people. Some of us are in our 50s and 40s, but we have a great time. If people like coming out because we play music that's recognizable and starting to come back around to even the kids. And sometimes the kids will come out and watch us and they have a good time with that too. Well, if I'm ever in your area, I'm coming to see you play. Yes, you should. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's exciting. All right, Melinda, I'd love for us to begin with your leadership story. Can you tell us a little bit about your path to high school principalship? Sure. So I actually didn't start out in education. I started out in um, broadcasting. I worked as the sports producer for the ABC affiliate in Nashville. And I did that for three years. I graduated from the University of Arkansas, played tennis there, had a scholarship to play there. And so I've always had a love of sports, always learned a lot about leadership in sports. And so when I got to my old volleyball coach from high school, got with me and said, hey, you really need to think about 
teaching and coaching. I think you'd be really good at it. And I was like, well, I was really kind of done with broadcasting. It just wasn't fulfilling for me. And so when she kind of recruited me to come back to the, to the Houston area, which is where I'm at, I was like, yeah, that can't be that hard. I mean, how hard can it be? Well, it's pretty darn hard. <laughs> like I, that's how naive I was. And so I came back, interviewed at the time I taught Spanish and I coached several different sports and just started that way and began to find a love for education. And I liked the routineness of it at first, but I also loved what we did. And so I would look for ways to enhance things. I'm always looking to try and make something better or make myself better. Or I think that's the coaching and athletic side of me. Like we're going to always coach it up. I always use the example of Tom Brady and the Patriots when they were in their heyday and they're winning all the time. They never, at the end of the year, when they win the Super Bowl, they don't go, okay, we're done. That's it. We've reached the pinnacle of how we can um, better ourselves. And we're not going to no, know. They're looking at their new personnel. How could they use them? Are they looking at what weaknesses? Let's look at some film and let's see what we can do better. And that's kind of always been my approach. There's not been a year in 25 years that I haven't gone, you know, I can do this better next year. I want to change this or I want to do this. It's about improvement and the continuous cycle of improvement, right? So I started out that way. And I guess I knew I was a leader. I didn't consider myself a leader. Like I'm a leader, but there were people that saw leadership qualities in me or they would not have given me the opportunities that they gave me. They put me on committees and my principal at the time was, you know, we now have a school named after him in our district. I mean, he's a very prominent figure in Katy and Katy Independent School District. And he's a big mentor of mine and encouraged me. And it just takes that encouragement to go, okay, maybe I can do this because I swore I'd never become an assistant principal. I just thought there is no way I would ever do that job ever. But as I grew in my profession and my confidence, it's like, okay, maybe I can do that. You know, at the time technology was really, you know, like in 2004 was just on the cusp of really exploding between the internet and then technology in the classrooms. And I was really interested in that. And so I went and got my master's in instructional technology and then was given the opportunity to take over what we had at the time was an instructional technology facilitator on our campuses that helped to implement technology into instruction and in the classrooms. And then from there, I went and got my first assistant principal job at a Title I junior high and was there for four years. Then I helped to open up a brand new campus that actually was named after Mr. Tompkins, who was my mentor and principal at the time, which was really cool to do. Yeah, uh, My kids go there now. And so that was just awesome. Really, really awesome. And then I went to be an associate principal at Katy High School. And then I got my first principalship at a junior high. I was there for four years. And then now currently I'm at Taylor High School. And I've been here for three years, which I started in the year of COVID, which was really crazy, not knowing anybody, but trying to get people to do all these things. Mm -hmm. And they have no idea who I am or can they trust me, that kind of thing. But I think where my leadership really comes from is the thirst for knowledge and wanting to know how I can better myself, how I can make things better for everyone. Um, and I think that's a really important leadership quality because it's not really about me. It's not about me at all. It's about us collectively. And I didn't always believe this. I did, but I didn't believe it as strongly or I didn't really know how to articulate it was that everybody belongs and everybody has a place. And when you realize that, man, it just really opens up 
everything for you to be able to take risks and tell people, hey, it's okay if you mess up, we're human. I tell the kids that all the time. I tell the staff and I tell my incoming ninth grade parents that if you expect for us to be perfect and not to make a mistake, you're going to be very disappointed in us because we're human and we make mistakes. We're going to make it right. But I think we get this idea that educators should be perfect and we should never make a mistake and we should never have a bad day and say something that we should have never said to someone or missed a deadline or did whatever. If it's consistent, that's different. But in general, we're human. We're, we're flawed. We're going to make mistakes. And so I think as I've evolved over the last few years, especially in the principalship, I've really learned to embrace that and use that as almost a superpower to really get everybody in and involved and lead them and say, hey, here's what we're going to do. I don't like problem admirers. I want problem solvers. How are we going to solve this? Don't just admire the problem. Somebody will say, oh, well, that's just kind of the way that we do it. Okay. And it's not working, you say. So what are you doing about it? Well, we just, you know, that's just how it is. That's not acceptable. It's about leading and changing and making and being a catalyst for change that's positive, right? And that includes our beliefs about belonging and what kids belong and and where their backgrounds are from. And, And like our school is changing a lot. It used to not be as low socioeconomic as it is now. And we have teachers, though, that have been here for a really long time that want the same old tailor. And so we've got to change that mindset, right? We've got to deal with these children a little bit differently. It doesn't mean they're not capable. It's just they have different backgrounds and different circumstances that we can't really relate to, but we have to try. Right. I want to go back to some of the themes I heard as you were talking about. There's an element of that continuous improvement refinement process that go to the tape thinking of, sure, we're here, but let's talk about what we can do next time. How does that look if I were to follow you for a day, how does that look in, in the living leadership you do day to day? I wouldn't say we meet a lot, but we're very intentional about our meetings and very collaborative. So I have a, a leadership team meeting that we meet every other week. And then I meet with my admin and my instructional coaches. We have four instructional coaches, one for each core subject. And we have agendas that they will put items on. And so If they see something that needs adjustment or they have questions, we will collaborate about that because there's nothing really broken. We're an A school based on our rating for the state. I mean, we're an A school. And so it's almost like, well, you're an A, so why try so hard? But no, there's always something that we can refine and get better in. And we just have a discussion about it. So somebody will bring something to the table. It's like, for instance, this morning we had our our meeting and We were talking, our district is offering a professional learning community academy, and we have embarked upon a three-year process that we ourselves came up with because we saw that that was an issue. Our teachers, because of COVID, haven't been meeting together and analyzing data as much as they were before because it was just different. And so we got to get everybody back on track. And so we, we plan this. There's a PLC academy the district's offering. So we're like, can this offer us something that will even ramp it up a little bit more from what we're already doing? And the answer was yes, we collectively decided that. So we're going to take that and be a part of that academy to improve ourselves. It's not that Mm -hmm. we don't know what a professional learning community is, or we don't know what 
a how to do it or how to make it better. It's that we're using the resources that are given to us to really take some of that load of us having to really come up with something on our own and something that we know will always enhance us to do that. And so when they bring issues or somebody brings an issue, we'll put it on the agenda and we'll discuss it because it may be a non-issue. They perceive it as an issue, but it might not be really. And we have to prioritize too. I mean, Mm -hmm. we can't do everything all at once. But I think prioritizing and really using my collaborative teams, I will never unilaterally make a decision, almost never, because I'm not the only one involved. I'm not the, these guys are the ones that are out there implementing it. If I don't get their input, then they may or may not agree with it or want to do it. Yeah. So I'm thinking about the concept of team and thinking about your high school staff, always large in numbers, right? Yes. How do you meet your teachers where they are and help them build on their strengths when collectively people are all over the place? I rely a lot on my assistant principals to lead that and my instructional coaches. So it's like, how do I get my vision and voice out to everyone? I need people strategically placed and put out there because I've got 350 staff members. Mm. I got 3,100 kids times two parents or guardians or maybe none or one. Yeah. But that's a lot of people to get my message out to or navigate that or, or manage that, right? So I rely heavily on my administrators to carry that forward and they do a really good job. So they're over a department and they'll meet with them and direct them that way. And one of the things that we did collectively is I truly believe, and if you're not familiar with Strength Finders, Clifton Strength Finders, we do that as a campus and they will look at each other's, especially on a team, because you have some that just kind of clash, they have a better understanding of each other. And so we do that. We're very intentional about that. It's helped us as an admin team, even to understand where we're all coming from half the time. My number one strength is competition. I compare myself to everyone. I like to win. I can tell. Yes, I'm sure you can. And my number two is futuristic. And that means that I have a lot of, I can see things in the, I'm not saying I can predict the future. I can just see where I want things to be. And so they have, my admin team's real good about, okay, we're getting ahead of where we need to be right now because (laughs) you're like, I get that's a future goal, but we're not there yet. And so sometimes I get ahead of myself, which I'm glad. And I'm thankful for my admin team that they can keep me in check that way. But to meet every teacher where they're at is we do use professional learning communities. But one of the things that we do is we're really embarking. We've done this for the last three years is individualized professional learning Mm -hmm. for them. They're going to get their content from the district and instructional strategies. We have four instructional coaches that help with that with job embedded professional development. So I don't want to waste time on things that they're already getting. And one of the biggest complaints that we'll get is why did you make me sit through a six hour, you know, professional development that I've already known? I've been teaching for 30 years and I know this and that it's that. And they're right. Why am I going to blanket? It's just like in a classroom. We never want our teachers to blanket just give this and hey, well, I just I gave it to you. I don't care if you know it or not. And you've got all varying different levels. And so we've really taken the approach of differentiating that, which is not an easy task, by the way, but it's evolved over the last few years. And that's how we're trying to meet teachers where they're at in their growth and in their career. You know, so we're not wasting their time. It's valuable for them. 
they feel like they're working on something that they themselves want to work on, not just what we dictate. Now, while there's campus goals that, yes, we need you to know some things, we keep that to the very bare minimum and we give them only what they need. We do not waste their time sitting through, you know, mindless PDs because that's what they think about it. They think it's a sit and get and it's all day and we're just going to sit here in the cafeteria and they're just going to tell us a bunch of stuff. We try and really flip that on its head. Um, and we have for the last three years. And what's the root of that? How do you seek what they need right at the beginning? So one of the ways that we've done this is we, our appraisal system requires them to create, you know, one or two goals, professional goals. And so it's a structure that I've provided for them within that. So if you have a goal, I want you to pick professional development that fits into the goal. Mm -hmm. I mean, it makes sense, but we just don't do that typically, you know? And so I've tried to really get them to understand that when you talk about professional development, professional development is just that developing yourself professionally. It doesn't mean you have to go to region four and sit through a class, or you have to go and sit through this. And some expert is going to come and impart their wisdom and maybe some great nuggets of information that you'll be able to take away at the end of the session. Right. Yeah. It's about learning. And we have a playground of stuff through YouTube, through all kind, just our technology that's provided, the things that are provided for us, we can access those things that way. Book studies, reading things that are, are relevant to us today or things that we need to improve on or what they want to improve on. And so we'll help navigate and guide when we see them We give them a PD plan. We call it a professional development plan because that is part of their appraisal system. So I tell them, I want you to pick just six hours and it could be more because the goal is to accomplish your goal. So you need to have as much learning as you can in order to accomplish that goal. Mm. So pick things that are going to help you do that. We provide bite-sized PDs that We get everybody's goal. We look at the goals and then we build professional development based on what people want to learn. And and just in bite sized nuggets, because time is you just don't have a whole lot of time. Right. And you got to find ways to build time in to the day when they're here to get them that knowledge that they want and need. Yeah. And that's how we approach it. And so we're going to take it one step further this year. And we're going to do something that's called cohorts. And we've kind of made a commitment. It's a pretty lofty goal to really individualize, even though we have goals for every single teacher, because last year we thought we did that. And then we got some feedback because we always want to see how we did. And we will make adjustments based on that. That's part of that self-improvement or improving the processes. Why did you make me sit through the six hours? Well, That's because it's our campus goal. But then I thought, you know, she's right. We should have maybe gotten the experts to come in and maybe they could have held a session with the teachers that don't know, like utilizing that in a different way Mm -hmm. that's not wasting their time, but values the knowledge that that teacher has with everyone else. Yeah. But this year we're going to really individualize in terms of what do you want to know? And we're going to have what we call cohorts. And so we're going to gather all this information. In fact, in February, we have, uh, I think it's next week, the 20th, we're going to have a session where we're going to gather some data from them, 
what do you really want to know how to do? And we're going to tell them, this is really important that you tell us exactly what it is that you mean. So we can build our, because we're going to look at the themes Mm -hmm. and we're going to build stuff based on that and then have cohorts. And we're going to lead those as administrators and as instructional coaches. And once we get all that information, we're going to build the curriculum for that or the plan on how we're going to provide that professional development. Because before teachers are like, well, I went to a hundred hours of professional development. Well, that's great. But what did you learn and what did you try and implement? I don't care that you get a hundred hours. I need to know that what you went to was worth your time Mm -hmm. and you were changed by that in some way, or you felt like you were better for it in some way. Sometimes you'll miss the mark. That's okay to try and miss the mark. But your intention was to go in and learn something new. So that's what we're going to take it a step further. It's going to be a really lofty goal because there's going to be some outliers that don't fit right within those themes. Mm -hmm. But the expectation for everyone is that on this campus, you will learn and never stop growing. And I tell them when it's time that you think that you don't have anything else to learn, it's time to hang it up. Yeah, it just is. It's time to hang it up. And that's okay. That's all right. You let me know how I can help you in your next steps. But we are always going to get better and learn. And that's one of the ways that we're going to approach it this upcoming year. Gosh, that's amazing. Okay, before we jump to our fast five, since you said you were futuristic, that was your second strength. Mm -hmm. What does the future look like for your school? I think I want to see teachers that believe that every kid is their kid. So we are accustomed here. You know, this is only my third year here. I think we're a little accustomed to not, you know, seeing something with kids and going, well, that's not my problem because that's not my kid or that's Mm -hmm. not my department or that's not my this. And really, I want everybody to go, hey, if you see a group of kids, approach them with kindness and love and tell them, hey, let's walk and talk, get to class, that kind of thing without being antagonistic and saying that you're so disrespectful. You know, Teachers can, they can be that way sometimes. Humans are that way sometimes. And so I'm trying to get them to understand that this school is your school too. This is not a place you just come to work and go home. This is a place that you belong to. It is yours. You have to take ownership of it. And when we take ownership of it, the kids are going to start to take more ownership of it. We're almost there, but we have a lot of work to do in that area, I think ownership of this. This is not just your place of work. This is a place where it's a family. We all work together. We believe in what we do. And the kids feel that from us. Mm -hmm. They know that. And that's really where I want, you know, our school to be. No doubt you're going to get there, Melinda. That's incredible. All right. We're going to do rapid fire. I have five questions for you. One word or sentence. First one is favorite leadership book. Uh, Starting with why by Simon Sinek. He is amazing. He is. He is. Favorite app? Favorite app is, I'm going to say it's Royal Match. I know it's a game, but it's like one of these things that I just totally like nothing's in my brain. I just start playing. That's my favorite app. Yeah. We got to have those things. That's important. Yes. All right. Best Amazon find for work. I actually found a teleprompter that I use because we do a lot of videos and things and I was trying to make them more, you know, and it's part of my background. So I'm like, how can I make this look better? And so I found this teleprompter that was amazing and this app that goes along with it. It's awesome. So we can make good videos that doesn't look like we're reading off script. Yeah, that's amazing. 
Do you know the name? It's called prompter people. They make it. And so they make varying levels of them and prompter people makes it and it's really good. And it has like a Bluetooth that you can put and scroll the thing as you go. So you can be away from it along with wireless mics and stuff like that. Those are some really good finds that work really well for educators that are trying to do videos or or multimedia. Yeah. That's so cool. All right. Favorite song to put you in a good mood. I'm excited to hear this from a musician. So there's two. One is Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Like that just gets me so pumped up because it's like, don't stop me now. Like, I'm, let's go. You know, let's roll with this. Let's go. I'm ready. The other one is You Gotta Keep Your Head Up by, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget his name already. Anyhow, it's about keeping your head up. You got to keep your head up. Oh, get, you know, so I it's, think that, is that Andy Grammer? It's Andy, Andy Grammer. Grammer. That's it. You got yeah. it. Yeah. Great song. And it's just literally, you know, it's hard. You know, it's hard to remember sometimes, but you got to keep your head up. It's like every educator should have that song in their bank. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Last one. One tip you would tell your first year principal self. Lead through with courage. And don't be afraid of the things that might go wrong. Lead with courage and be daring. Just like Brene Brown says, be daring. You're going to go through it. You're going to just be in the middle of it and not worry about that somebody is going to come down on you or be upset with you because we're never going to please everyone. Mm -hmm. Such good advice. Well, then where can people find you if they want to connect with you? So I'm on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, I'm uh, at mstoneths, and I am the Dr. Stone on Instagram. I'm also on LinkedIn. So if you search me up for Melinda Stone, I'm there too. So, and you can reach me through our, our, our you know, James E. Taylor uh, website as well. Perfect. Melinda, thank you so much. I, I feel ready to go right now. Yes, like I, my, let's go. <laughs> your let's energy go. That's my, is like, I want to go play some football right now. Yes. Let's do we it. can do it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you to Melinda for joining us today and sharing a peek to her leadership. I hope I get the chance to see that rock band if I ever make it to Katie. If you like this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the show. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, this is Dr. Shana Henry with the Principles of Success podcast.